The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Psalm 95, if you go to Psalm 95, it uh, says in uh, speaking of the children of Israel, because the children of Israel, uh, the Bible says, were an example to us. We're, we're, we're to see the things they did and follow their, uh, and learn from them. Some of the things were good. They did some great things. They, they won some great battles, and we can learn from that. But there were a lot of things the children of Israel did uh, that we'd be wise to learn from, that we'd be wise to say, okay, they did this. God wasn't pleased with that. So let's as a church go this way. Let's as an individual go this way. Let's do the opposite of what they did. Psalm 95. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, approved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. He said, don't be like the children of Israel. He said, who for 40 years grieved me. For 40 years I made them wander in the wilderness because they did not wholly follow me, because they did not listen to me. And, and, and David's saying to, to the children of Israel now, now as, as we're many years later, let's not be like them. Let's not repeat history. And uh, maybe you've heard it before, history is bound to repeat itself if we fail to learn from history. We need to learn from the children of Israel. We need to learn from people that have gone before us and not be like the children of Israel. But we see the children of Israel as an example. Uh, and the, just that, the word ecclesia, that's the word that we get the word church from. It means called out assembly. And just as we are called out from the world unto salvation, the children of Israel were called out from Egypt, a picture of the world, and called out from sin, and called out from Satan, and Pharaoh, who was a picture of Satan. Uh, the crossing of the Red Sea is a picture of our salvation, and how they crossed there, and they were finally delivered from the world. They were finally delivered from the land of Egypt. Uh, Forty years later, when they actually made it into the promised land, that crossing of the Jordan River is a picture of baptism. It's a picture of finally living a victorious Christian life. If you don't take that step as a Christian, you've crossed the Red Sea. But if you don't take that step and trust the Lord and, and, and follow the Lord in believers' baptism, you'll never really live a victorious Christian life because you never took that first step of obedience. And once they finally crossed the, the Jordan River, they finally started to conquer. Then came Jericho. Uh, then eventually came the conquer of Ai. And then came all the different kings and the different lands that they conquered because they were beginning to be victorious. But however, unfortunately, for too many churches, for too many Christians... We're kind of stuck in that 40-year wilderness wandering. We're, 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 we're coming to church. We're, we're active. We claim to be Christians, but we're not getting anything done. We're not accomplishing, not accomplishing anything. And by God's grace, I know that, 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 that should not be our church. We should not be known as a wandering church. We should be known as a victorious church. We should be known as a church that's living by faith. We should be known as a church that's conquering, that's seeing people saved, seeing people baptized, seeing lives changed, not a dead church, not, not a place where nothing is happening. And so a few things we'll look at before we see their problems. We'll see the great things that God did for them. God's provision for them, if you will. We, we see, number one, I won't have it up on the screen, but if you want to take it, write down a few notes, we see God's power. They saw God's power in an unbelievable, unimaginable way. Think about the ten plagues. They're there for 400 years in, in bondage, in slavery. And Moses comes along and says, hey, God spoke to me. I am spoke to me, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and we're getting out of here. They didn't believe him at first, but he said, I'm a, God's going to do some mighty works. And then came the plagues. Plague after plague after plague, they saw God's power. 
They were consumed with, not necessarily in, but they saw around them the polytheism, the many gods of the land of Egypt. And one by one, God shot them down. With each plague, shot them down, shot them down. And all the gods of the, 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 the people of Egypt were shown to be nothing. And that God was God alone. And as they saw that, they saw God's mighty power. And finally, Pharaoh tells Moses to get the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So they begin their journey to the land that God had promised to them. And then, of course, Pharaoh changes his mind and says, let's, let's get them back. And he begins to chase them. He sends his chariots, and he along, goes along with them. And says, we're, we're going to bring them back. I, I didn't really want them to leave. And as they're um, there at the Red Sea, they're in between a rock and a hard place. There's not much they can do. In front of them is the Red Sea. They can't cross it with the many people that they have. There's not enough time to go around it. And then behind them is coming the, the, uh, the, the Egyptians, the Egyptian cavalry. And they... Right here showed one of the problems that would cause them one day to wander. They, they doubted God. The God that had just done each of those plagues. The God they had seen work in a mighty, unbelievable way. They said, Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. And here's what Moses said. Fear ye not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And we know the rest of the story. God parted the water. They crossed over on dry ground. The, the, the Egyptians continued to pursue. And then God closed the water on them. And just as Moses said, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see no more forever. God wiped them out. Uh, they had provoked God's wrath one time too many. And God, God, God took them out. Those of us who are saved just like that have a story. We've got a testimony. For, for the children of Israel, for years and years, even today, I, I, I remember uh, celebrating Passover with, with my dad and with, 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 my, with his side of the family. I remember they would talk about that they'd have a, we'd have a plate with all the different items on there for the Passover, and there was always a number on there. And that was the, the amount of years since this, uh, the, since this time, since God delivered them from the land of Egypt. To this day, 3,000 years later, uh, plus, they're still talking about it. They're still talking about this moment. Why? That's their testimony as a nation of how God delivered them. What's your testimony? Uh, how, how have you seen God's power in your life? How has God changed you? How has God brought you through that Red Sea like he did for the children of Israel? When was it you got saved? That's when you saw God's power in your life. That's when God changed who you are, changed your eternal destiny, saved you from the power of sin. That's an amazing power that we've all witnessed, those of us who've been saved. If you've never been saved, I hope today you'll do that. Uh, but that's God's power in our life. Uh, next, they had God's presence. Unbelievable thing. Um, it says in Exodus 13, the Lord went uh, before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead, them, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire uh, to give them light. So go by day and night. He took, them, he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Just imagine that. Every day they could walk out of their tent. If it was in the daytime, they'd look out and they'd see there's the pillar there. There's God's presence. At night, they're thinking, oh, I wonder if God's still with us. They'd look out their tent. Okay. There's the pillar of fire. God's still here. God's presence is with us. Uh, Paul said, what, no, you're not the, 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 the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and God has given us his presence. Uh, he dwells inside of us, for you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Before Jesus left the earth, he told his disciples, he said, hey, guys, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you my presence. He'll be with you all the time. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll convict you. Uh, and he'll help you. An awesome thought thinking that God's with us. Those of us who are saved, 
God dwells inside of us. We don't have to come into church to meet with God. I'm glad we get to come to church to meet with God, but we should be bringing God with us. Why? Because he dwells inside of us. We are his temple. And when we come together, we come together for that purpose to fellowship with other believers, to be stirred up in the faith of God's word, not just to meet with God. The only time you meet, the, the time you meet with God should not just be Sunday mornings. It should not just be Sunday nights. It should be every day. Why? Because he's with us all the time. He dwells inside of us. He, he seeks to fellowship with us all the time, not just on Sunday. So they, they saw God's power. They had God's presence, and they had God's person. They had God's man. God had called Moses to lead them. Moses was, um, and for all intents and purposes, their pastor, if you will. He was their leader. He said he, he was the physical human person that, was, that led them out of Egypt, that, led them, that was going to lead them into the promised land. They, they, they had a major problem with following him at times. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, but imagine the chaos that would have ensued had um, God said, all right, children of Israel, just go, and wh- whoever wants to lead, whoever wants, and, and they just, a- anybody could lead. Anybody do it, go whatever direction you want, get there whichever way you want. It would be very chaotic. That's why he said, Moses, you're my man. You're the one that's going to lead the children of Israel out. You're the one that's going to lead them through the wilderness. You're the one that's lead them into the promised land. Obviously, we understand that he didn't, ultimately did not lead them into the promised land. But just the same way that God gave the children of Israel a Moses God gives churches pastors. God gives churches uh, human instruments, people that are going to lead. Ephesians 4 says this, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of God, that we henceforth should be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, uh, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which the, every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. God has given us a pastor. God has given us leaders in church leadership to edify the body of Christ, uh, to build up, to stir us up for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That's why we have a pastor. That's why we have someone to lead us. Now, we understand he's not perfect, just as Moses was not perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful um, if, if, if we're comparing pa- pastor to Moses, I'm thankful that our pastor never killed anybody, as far as I know. Um, we know Moses did that. Uh, so Moses was far from perfect. But Moses was the man God chose. And... If the children of Israel wanted to get to the promised land or wanted to follow God's plan, they were going to have to follow Moses. And in the local New Testament church, if someone's going to want to be a part of a church, want to be involved and want to follow with that church, we have to follow the pastor. You say, well, I don't agree. Well, then, then find another church that, that you do agree with. Uh, now, obviously, I'm certain there's some things we can come to agreement on. You can sit down with our pastor and say, okay, here's what God's word says about this. Okay, I, I understand. Uh, but if you're going to have a place in the New Testament church, we understand God's plan is that there be a pastor, somebody to lead. And, and, and we need to make sure we follow our, our, our pastor. Imagine the chaos that would be here if there was no pastor, like it has been today. I'm just kidding. I don't think it's been chaotic today, uh, but our pastor's been out. I know if that were to go on for months and months, things would probably, I'm sure, at some point fall apart. Um, but I'm, I'm thankful for our pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, for the man that God's given us to lead our church. So we, we see God's power that they saw. We see, see God's uh, a presence that was there. We see the person that God gave to lead them. And then we see God's plan. God had a plan for them. God's plan was not that they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That was not God's intention. Did God know that would happen? Yes. But was that God's plan? Absolutely not. God's plan was to take them out of Egypt, 
a short time in the wilderness, and they'd be in the promised land. They'd be battling, they'd be fighting, and it would be theirs. But they didn't follow God's plan. God's plan was too hard for them. God's plan wasn't good enough for them, or whatever the case was. And just as God had a plan for the children of Israel, God has a plan for the church. He said to, he, he said to the disciples, I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Uh, God's plan is not for us just to hold the fort. God's plan is not for us just to uh, tarry till he comes. God's plan is for us to labor. God's plan is for us to do battle spiritually. Uh, God's plan is for us to win people to the Lord. God's plan is for us to see lives change, not just to sit around, not to do nothing, not to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Our, our church has been here for 40 years. I've not been here for 40 years, but our church has been here uh, for 40 years this year. I know many people have been saved. Many lives have been changed. I, I, I would say our church has not been a wandering church, but let's make sure we don't become one. You say, I have not been a wandering Christian, but make sure you don't become one. Uh, we saw God's power. We saw God's presence. We, we, we saw the man God, God brought in, in, into the life to lead. Uh, we see God's plan in their life. But why the wandering? Why are so many churches wandering? Why are so many Christians wandering? Uh, why are so few people, people making a difference? Uh, too, many have found, um, too many of us are, find ourselves wandering as the children of Israel. Here were some of their problems. We see th- three problems they had, and we'll be done. Uh, and, and by the way, we could have talked about several. We could have talked about God's provision for them, the manna, uh, the quails, uh, how that God protected them, how God caused their, for 40 years, they never had to, buy, they never had to go to the Nike store to buy new shoes. Uh, they had the same shoes the whole time, the whole same sandals, same clothes. Nothing ever wore out. God provided for them. God protected them. God was so good to them, yet they wandered. And let me say this. God's been so good to us, and yet we sometimes wander. Yet we sometimes find ourselves, we look back and say, man, what have I accomplished spiritually? Um, see, teens go through high school, and at the end they're like, man, what are they doing? What have they accomplished? What, 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 what are they doing with their lives? Let's get busy and do something for the Lord. And here's a few of the reasons why um, I believe they wandered. A few problems they had. They had a faith problem, big time. Faith is this. Faith is focusing on what God is able to do and trust that he'll do it. Focus on what God's able to do and trust that he'll do it. Faith doesn't focus on circumstances. Faith doesn't focus on self. Faith doesn't focus on what other people did. Faith focuses on God said he would do it, and I believe he'll do it. Uh, faith is the evidence things hope for. Uh, we're, 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 I don't necessarily have to know or have experienced or have seen what's going to happen, but I trust God that he's going to do it. I trust God that if I give the word, people are going to get saved. I trust God that if I obey his word, I'm going to be blessed. I trust God that if I do what he says, everything will work out in the end. I may not understand. I may not see how. It might not make sense to me, but that's faith, trusting in the Lord. But they lacked faith, uh, and, and they focused on their circumstances. Hey, we have no water here. God brought us out here to die rather than thinking, we've got no water. God didn't bring us out here to die. He's going to provide. He, 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 I, by faith, I know he's going to do it. I, we see those giants over there, but God said that land's ours. So we, we see the faith of, of Joshua and of Caleb. They said, man, they're nothing to us. Why? Because we've got God on our side. They, they've got their gods and their gods are not. We saw what God did to the gods of the Egyptians. Think of what he'll do to, the, to, to them. But the people said, no, we, we, they're too big for us. We, we, we can't do it. Why? They lack faith. And oftentimes in our churches, we lack faith. Uh, we, we, we've gone as far as we can go as a church. I've gone as far as I can go as a Christian. No, no, no. We have so much more we can do. There are so many more people that need to be saved. There is so much more that needs to be done. Let's not lack faith. Now is not the time to lack faith. We see what's going on in our country. We see what's going on all around us. Now is not the time to lack faith. Now is the time to say, hey, God did it before. God said he would do it. I trust he'll do it. That's faith. 
They had a faith problem. They had a forgetting problem. Not a problem forgetting. The problem was they forgot too many things. I sometimes have that problem. Um, Forget where I put things. Forget where I sometimes... um, I remember Rev always joking about how he'd forget things. I'm thinking, man, I'm 25 years old and I'm just as bad as he is. Uh, But I, I, I tend to be very forgetful. But one thing I don't ever want to forget is God's goodness. One thing I hope I never forget is what God's done in my life. One thing I hope I never forget is God's promises. And so often, they forgot. One thing they forgot was how bad life was. They're in, as they're wandering in the wilderness, they make this statement, say, Moses, you brought us out here to die. And, and, and they basically said to him, it was better in Egypt. That statement just blows me away when they say that. Because remember what they were. They were slaves. They weren't free men. They were slaves. Uh, I, I know in our country's history, we had a t- obviously a time of slavery, obviously a very sad time in our, our, our country's history. But I can guarantee you, any of those men that were freed, the thousands of people that were freed, I, I can almost guarantee you for many of them it was difficult right after they were, they were freed. To be on your own, uh, to be maybe start, try to start your own business, build your own home or whatever, it probably wasn't very easy. But I can guarantee you not a single slave that was in our country would say, man, this is tough. I'm going to go back. To, I, 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 wish, I, wish, I wish we'd reenact slavery. That was so much. No. It was worth the toughness they had to get through. Why? They were free. They, they, they didn't, weren't owned by somebody. They weren't told what they had to do. They were free men. And just like the children of Israel, I, I don't care how hard it would have gotten. There, I, I'm, and again, I wasn't there. But it would be hard for me to think, all right, it's tough here in the wilderness, but I'd rather go back and be a slave. I'd, I'd rather go back and have somebody beat me when I don't get enough work done. Uh, they were free. And so they, they must have forgotten how bad it was. Uh, sure, sure, life maybe had a schedule. Maybe it was a little more predictable. But they were slaves, so they must have forgotten how bad it was. Uh, not only did they forget how bad it was, they forgot how good God was. Uh, they had forgotten all the things God had done for them. Over and over, they're reminded of God's goodness. They say, we have nothing here to eat except for this manna. They're saying, God, you're not, what, what you're providing is not good enough for us. We've forgotten how good you are. We forgot about the, 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 the crossing of the Red Sea because over and over they say, hey, don't you remember when God parted the Red Sea? When God delivered us with a mighty hand? Ten times in the book of Deuteronomy. It says that, that phrase, God delivered us with a mighty hand. They had to be reminded so often. Why? Because they forgot so often how good God is. And oftentimes we're, we're guilty of the same thing. We're, we're faced with a decision. Or wondering, are we going to continue? And, and we forget how good God's been to us. God has so good, been good, good to so many of us, to all of us. God's been so good to this church. Just in recent years, I've only been here uh, coming up on four years. But just some of the things I've been able to see that God has done here just in the past four years. The things with the roof. The, the unbelievable offering we had to pay, pay off some, some different things. Uh, the gym that's been done. People that have been saved. Lives that have been changed. Don't forget how good God's been to us. Don't forget where God's brought us from. Don't forget how good God's been to you just personally. And they brought you up like we, we talked about this morning. We sang, love lifted me out of the miry clay. Put our feet on a rock. Established our goings. And put a new song in our heart. Even joy, uh, even praise unto my God. God's been so good to us. Don't forget how good God's been just as the children of Israel did. Instead, of, uh, instead, they ended up wandering. It's no wonder we wander. We forget how good that God has been. Uh, and they, they also, they forgot who God was. A sad moment in the, the children of Israel, as Moses and um, Joshua are there up on the mountain getting the law uh, from God, they, they begin to say, say Where, where's Moses? And Aaron, the high priest, the one that God was going to end up using in a great way, he really forgets who God was. He says, hey, c- c- come here. Give me, give me your earrings. Give me the gold you have. 
and he threw into a fire, and he fashioned a golden calf, and he made this statement, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And they forgot who God was. They, they, they had become so, they wandered so much, uh, they said, this is who delivered, a golden calf? No, it was the God who was thundering up on the mountain, who was talking to Moses. Uh, uh, maybe he was not on their time, but God is always on, right, uh, on time. He may not be on our time, but his time is always right. And they, they began to doubt him. They began to doubt who he was. They began to forget who he was. Uh, and sometimes we do the same thing. When we don't worship God as he deserves to be worshipped, we are showing we forget who he really is. When we worship our money, when we worship our careers, when we worship our methods, uh, so, sometimes we get so, so caught up in how we do things, even at church, that we worship that so much and we forget to focus on the God that uses those methods. Um, it was sometimes we'll, we'll, you hear people say, man, if Billy Sunday were alive today, he would roll over in his grave the way some things are. I, I bet you Billy Sunday would roll over in his grave if he realized how cool it was in the building today um, compared to, what, to some of the stuff he had to preach in. I was thinking, I texted Reverend Ma today and said, um, when the log cabin was built back in 1980, was there air conditioning in there? She said, no, there was not. And I, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know how they did that. <laughs> I have no idea how they st- I've been up in that cabin without the, the air on. It is brutal. It is very bad. Um, we have it so good. Uh, I, obviously for us, I don't think it's necessarily that we're weaker in this generation, but we just don't know what it's like to not have air conditioning. Just like back then, they didn't know what it's like to have air conditioning. It didn't exist. Um, but I'm definitely thankful for that. Uh, we worship our things. We worship our buildings. Uh, our building's a great, a great place, but it's not a place to be worshipped. It's a place where we can come to worship. But if God seeks to change it, if God seeks to, to reuse it, don't, don't, don't get so used to, well, this is the way it has to be. No, God could completely change it um, in order to fit more people, in order to do more things. So don't get so caught up on things and so caught up on tradition, so caught up on the things of the world that we forget who God is uh, and that we end up, these be thy gods. This is what has delivered us. That was sad. And um, when Moses questions him on it, it's one of the, Sometimes some of the excuses some people give in the Bible are pretty um, funny. He says, uh, yeah, I, the people gave me their, um, their golden rings and all that, and I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. It, like, it just threw it in the fire, and boom, there's a calf. Uh, it says earlier that he fashioned it, uh, but the excuses sometimes we give. Uh, so we see they, were, they had a problem with faith. They had a problem with forgetting, forgetting who God was, forgetting how good God was, forgetting how bad it was before uh, they, they were there in the wilderness. Uh, sometimes we forget how bad the, the world really is. But yet we are so attracted to it at times. Uh, and, and we forget how cruel the world can be, how cruel sin can be, how cruel the devil can be, yet we want to be friends with the world. When God says, a friendship with the world is an enmity with God. Stay away from the world. Uh, it's bad. And then they also had a problem with following. Go to Numbers chapter 16 and we'll be done. Numbers 16. This was the, I was reading this in my devotions, and this is really what made me think about this thought of wandering, and I read this, and I wondered, and I just, it just thought just came to me, well, no, no wonder the children of Israel were wandering with the attitude that uh, came here. Korah, the son of Izhar, verse number one, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. Let me stop there. Uh, if God gives you um, influence, use it right. Use it properly. Uh, God gives certain people influence, whether it be wealth, whether it be just who they are. God, God gives all of us a certain a degree of influence, some people more than others. But here's some men here, it says they were famous in, in, in the assembly, famous in the congregation. Men, Everybody knew who these people were. And they began to start an uprising. 
Rather than encouraging the people to continue following Moses, here's what they did. They gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you. And at first when they say it, they're like, oh, they're trying to say, you take too much upon you. Let, let, let us help you out. No, no. Look what they say. You take too much upon you. Seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them, wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. They're saying, Moses, you're not the only one that's holy around here. You're not the only one who can hear God speak. You're not the only one who knows God. All of us do. All of us are holy. Why do you, why, why do you lift yourself up above the congregation? And really, Moses wasn't. The Bible says about Moses that he was the meekest man. Man, he was probably embarrassed by this man. He, he was probably thinking, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's not, that wasn't my intention. But we see later Moses falls on his face and prays for them because he says, man, God's not going to be pleased with this. Um, now, I, I understand that sometimes people refer to, uh, say, the, 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 the men that made fun of Elisha. said, come up, thou bald man, and God sent the bears and, and, and killed them all. I understand that um, the, 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 the age of the church uh, that if you, you make fun of a pastor, God's probably not going to send some bears to kill you. But it's still not a wise thing to do. Uh, he's still the man of God that God's given. He's still someone that we ought to follow. He's still someone that, and here's the problem the children of Israel had. They had a problem following Moses. Uh, he was the man that God had given them. He was their leader and oftentimes said, Moses, you let us out here to kill us. Moses, why is there this? Moses, why is there that? But what were they really complaining about? They're complaining about God. They were complaining about God's choice in their life. They were complaining about who God provided to lead them. Uh, not necessarily, they didn't necessarily have a problem with Moses. They did. They thought they did, but really they had a problem with God. Now, if you approach them on that and, and, and say, hey, you've really got a problem with God, say, no, they, I have a problem with, with so-and-so, our leader. No, you've got a problem with God. Because God put that leader in your life, you need to submit. You need to follow. And, and if you feel that that's not the leader to be in your life, then find another leader. Um, but don't, don't take down the leader. Don't subvert what he's trying to do. Don't try to uh, stir up an uproar like Korah did. If he really felt like the, that Moses shouldn't have been leading him, he should have gone somewhere else then. Uh, but obviously he had a pride issue. Obviously there was something uh, wrong there in his heart. But they often, they questioned Moses. They accused Moses. They argued with Moses. They fought with Moses. Uh, it's, sometimes they even flat out refused to follow him. They said, hey, let's make up a team and we're going to go back to Egypt. We're not following Moses anymore. Well, uh, we don't see that they actually did that. One of the greatest victories the children of Israel did here before they ended up wandering was in Exodus 17. In Exodus 17, God told them they were to battle with the Amalekites. And they said, take Joshua, and he's going to lead the army. And God said, Moses, you're going to go up on the mountain. You're going to go up over there and oversee it all. And God said, I want you to hold your hands up. Hold, hold Aaron's rod up in the air. And he said, as long as you've got your, the rod up in the air, the children of Israel will be victorious. But as soon as you drop the rod, they're going to lose. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll lose the battle. And sure enough, as he had his rod, the rod up in the air, the children of Israel conquered. But then his arms grew weary, and it came down, and the Amalekites began to conquer. And um, Aaron and Hur were there with him and saw what was going on, and they said, hey, let's help Moses. Let's put, they, they sat him on a rock, and Aaron took one arm, and Hur took one arm, and they held up the, the, the hands of the man of God, and a great victory was wrought. Now, the application we, of course, we make, and maybe you've heard it before, but we need to hold up our pastor's hands. We need to support him. We need to get behind him. I know uh, often people hear messages like, well, pastor's out, out, out of town, so we'll, we'll, we'll preach to support him, and I, I'm all for that. Um, some of the stuff I might not necessarily say if he's sitting right here, because he might not necessarily want me to say some of the, these things with him in his presence, but 
We need, to, we need to get behind the man of God that God's given us. We need to support him. Uh, if there's, there, there's a budget he's proposing, man, let's get behind it. If, 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 if there's a, a plan to be done, if there's a building project to be done, if there's soul winning to come out for it, let's get behind and let's do it. Not because we worship him, not because he's the only uh, a preacher there, ever, but because he's the man of God God's given us, so let's follow. Let's get behind. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And as Moses followed God, the children of Israel could confidently follow and as our pastor follows God, we can confidently follow. Because who are we really following? We're following Christ. Um, but it's the pastor that he's given to be the one that, humanly speaking, does the leading. Uh, so don't think you're less important. God, God is a part for all of us. Uh, I'm thankful I have a head. But I'm thankful that every part of my body is not a head. Uh, that would be very strange. and wouldn't, My body wouldn't work right. I'm thankful for hands and for feet and everything. We all have a part in God's church. And that, I talked about that in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, that, that God's given us pastors and teachers and people to perfect the saints, but there's the rest of us that all work together, that if there was just a pastor here and no people, what's the purpose? But if there's a pastor and, but if there's just a bunch of pastors and no people, again, what's the purpose? We all need to follow. We all need to learn our place and follow, because if not, we're going to end up like the children of Israel. And we'll look back and say, man, we had 40 great years of uh, history here at our church, but there came a point where, we just started wandering. Let's not get to that point. Let's not wander. Let's not forget who God is. Let's not forget how good God's been to us. Let's not forget uh, how bad the world is and, and not desire to be like the world, not desire to go to the world. Uh, let's not have a problem following the man of God that God's given. Now, when I say that, I, I say that God may not have you at this place, uh, this, even this geographical location your whole life, but wherever you go, I, I encourage young people this, wherever God leads you, always be in a church and always follow the man of God. Uh, obviously, always walk with God wherever you go, but get involved in a local church and, and follow and lead and participate and, and get involved so you don't become a wandering Christian. And we, don't want, and we definitely do not want to become a wandering church. It would be awesome to, for it to be said of Open Door Bible Baptist Church, man, there, something's happening there. I, I, I believe people are saying that. People are seeing that. Let's keep it up. Let's keep following God. Let's keep following God's man. Let's keep following God's word. Let's keep after people and not end up like the children of Israel wandering around. Be sad to look back and say, man, all those years I was busy, like my cleaning my dishes. I was busy, but I didn't really get much done. I was cleaning my I got distracted by so many things that were not important. I, I, I was actually doing things. I was breaking a sweat doing whatever I was doing, but I didn't accomplish anything. Let's be able to look back at our life and, and hear God say this, well done. God's not going to say well done to a wandering Christian. God's not going to say well done to a wandering church. God's not going to put his stamp of approval on a people that are wandering, just like he didn't for the children of Israel. He said, my wrath was on them. He said, I was so angry with them, I made them wander for 40 years because they didn't wholly follow after God. Let's determine today that we're going to wholly, as a church, as individuals, wholly follow after God. Then and only then will God really bless us. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.